Have you ever dreamt of dining with a droid, sleeping aboard a star cruiser, and chilling with Chewbacca? Well, Disney is the place to go, and it only feels like a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herondine, and today we are going to the happiest place on Earth and beyond. We are joined by Jordan Pabletti, creative producer of the blog DisneyExaminer.com. Jordan is a marketing and editorial professional who also works as a storyteller for TV and movies. He is a magic key holder in California and is here to share his most recent experience at Walt Disney World's new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Jordan, thank you for joining us. Hi, Mary. Good to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you and excited to, to hear about what that was like. Absolutely. Tell us about Walt Disney World's Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, uh, Star Cruiser. For those who are not in the know, what is it? Yeah, well, it's it's so much. I think having uh, uh, Walt Disney World or the Disney name in the travel and tourism industry, whenever you think of Disney, it always accompanies an experience, right? Mm -hmm. And this is truly one of those more unique experiences that only, I think, Disney can offer. Um, in itself, it is, I would say, three things altogether. Mm -hmm. One, it's an overnight experience. And so for those who have been Looking online and, and reading reviews of the Star Cruiser, it, it is encompassing of a hotel. Okay. So it's a it's a two two night a two day two night journey, mm -hmm. um, where you get to stay aboard uh, this Star Cruiser. Um, and this Star Cruiser is the the second pocket of what makes mm -hmm. this experience unique as well, uh, that it's a story driven experience. And so, um, as opposed to uh, you going to a hotel and just staying there, you're actively playing a role as a Star Wars character, quote unquote, <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. And so um, you're boarding this uh, star cruiser or, or cruise ship, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, in space. Uh, and all of this is taking place within the Star Wars galaxy um, and story canon. And so you're bound to bound, you're bound to jump into meeting characters like Chewbacca and and Ray and some other surprise guests that I won't spoil here. <laughs> okay. um, and then you have mm -hmm. pocket three, which is it's it's still a vacation experiences for mm. the whole family. And so uh, you do have activities on board. You do have entertainment. You do have um, food, food and beverage, which is a big thing and merchandise, obviously, because it's Disney. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it truly is a traditional, I would say, a Disney vacation experience but taken to that next level uh where people i really think it's as much as we're describing or i'm trying to describe it right. here in these three pockets a very very uh unique thing that needs to be experienced in order for it to be described it sounds like you know you go on those rides and it's amazing for those 30 seconds those 90 seconds that you're on it but for you this intergalactic journey is is more of a two day like that two day ride that right. doesn't end tell us a little bit about what your ride was like um your intergalactic journey yeah so i was part of the uh the media sailings quote unquote <laughs> uh, uh when they first debuted the experience which you know obviously they're they're trying to show the show the best parts of the experience and what have you um but i think that was always uh something that any media event is supposed to have right. um you know show a preview of something especially something that's never been done before right um and so you know we we boarded this uh <laughs> As as part of the Star Wars character, before we even got to the the actual port in Florida, which is connected to Walt Disney World, uh, mm -hmm. we were told to already think about you know what role we'd play aboard this uh, experience. 
Um, and so characters, um, you know, I was thinking myself, what persona will I take on when uh-huh. I'm living in this Star Wars journey? Will I be on the light side? Will, be I, will I be on the dark <laughs> side? Um, will I have, uh, will I have allegiances? You know, right. wh- what's my name going to be? Um, all of this in preparation for this vacation experience, which I think is, uh, again, really unique and at the same time really fun because you get to play into the more imaginative yeah. uh, parts of you, you know, the creative parts of you. And so, um, yeah, we we got to the spaceport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You check your luggage in just as you right. would any other uh, uh, hotel experience. Uh, and then you get into this pod and then you get shot off into... Mm-hmm. In deep space, space yep uh to the outer rim uh as it's said in in star wars lore um to meet up with this ship called the halcyon um and the halcyon is the star cruiser itself um and that's where the experience begins this this wow. crazy journey so as you boarded the halcyon you've been thinking about which character you might assume would you be on the light side or the dark side mm. what did you end up choosing did you assume a character i did um I chose that my name would be Josh. Okay. <laughs> not Jordan. Um, and so that was really fun. But th- that was also the cool part of finding my character as well as as much as I thought I knew who I'd be when I'd jump aboard, mm-hmm. the cast that works, you know, right. the ship uh, and the narrative characters that play into this narrative experience uh, also kind of help guide and shape who your persona will be. And yeah. so as as I understood to be Josh, I didn't really think, I well, I came into the experience thinking that I would be someone who was on the resistance side or okay. on, the, on the good guy side um, and and help the, the, the folks out there. But in, in effect, over time, I found that I uh, had dark side sensibilities. Ah. <laughs> Indeed, um, and that was shown through a whole handful of activities that mm-hmm. uh, I got to do on board um, and, and my interactions with some of the characters on board while I was doing these activities. And um, and so, yeah, I ended up becoming at the very end of it like a like a like a dark agent there. <laughs> ah, yeah, dark agent at heart. Well, yes, that's, that's really <laughs> cool. So it was really like you were in the movie and kind of playing yes. off of them. Tell us a little bit more. Did you like what was the play acting like, and and was it you know really immersive, ongoing, where you really felt like you were there? Yeah. Um, well, I think everything. Uh, like I like I'd mentioned, everything part of this experience is meant to make you feel like you're part of a Star Wars story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we take just a few steps back and we see Disney's iterations of mm-hmm. Star Wars in its theme parks, right? And we right. had Star Wars Galaxy's Edge back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we finally got a Star Wars land with Star Wars attractions. Um, but this is a this is, I mean, and before that, Star Tours, right. <laughs> um, where we're again participating in this mm-hmm. world. But this takes it to that next level, just because you know play is a big part right. and is the key word there in so far as making this experience unique. Um, and so uh, you know, I mean, anything from us going into the dining room uh, and eating dinner, mm-hmm. um, there you know obviously was entertainment you right. know um and gaia who's the songstress of the galaxy who mm-hmm. uh got to perform for us in this dinner show wow. was i mean one part we were enjoying that and at the at the same time a moment later we were interrupted by the first order <laughs> um and being called out 
to like be interrogated by you know this this officer and so how we reacted mm-hmm. to that i think made that whole experience amazing and so where whereas certain guests would be a little bit shy you know right. to respond to things even the most shy guests were invited to take part in being interrogated um and maybe even being put into the brig on board wow. and so yeah i mean all that probably the adds to the reality of it, though, right? Or makes Absolutely. it feel more real when Absolutely. people are not prepared for this interrogation. They're kind of, come on, and, and right. people are probably genuinely, you know, taken aback and, okay, I guess I'm I'm coming along. Right, yeah. Really All your cool. decisions you do on board, whether you're a passive uh, participant or a passenger on board the Halcyon or you're an active one like I was mm-hmm. or I decided to lean into you're going to you're going to feel like you're part of it. That's really cool because for me, I know I'm more of an observer. Like with video games growing up and and even seeing other people, it's I want to watch. So um, I don't know if you remember The Sims, the, yes. the video game. Okay. I do, I do. So I had that game, but I would be, like have my brothers, you know, hey, play The Sims. I want to watch. And so I'm thinking, you know, is it fun also for the observant, the more passive um, guest, you know, kind of watching the show versus taking part in it? And is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. There are many people as part of the media group who were just simply recording everything on their phones. <laughs> Right. As you would uh, yeah. for something as unique as this and this, you know, this very digital generation. People mm-hmm. want to capture those memories through through, again, just watching. Um, and that's a very much uh, an invited part of the experience as well. Now, would I recommend saying that, you know, you should just passively participate in things that are happening aboard a house and especially given the price point, especially right. given um, the, the, the short uh, itinerary that you have within those two days and two nights, um, I, I'd probably argue not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the more you lean into your participation with interacting within the ca- with the cast and interacting within the stories that are being you know essentially sh- you know thrown at you, um, I think the mo- I think the more enjoyable and uh, obviously the more the more value you get. Uh, in doing something like that as opposed to just watching. Wow, that's really, really cool. Yeah. I'm wondering, I know you're there with media. Were there families on board? There were. And did you see them interacting together? <laughs> there were. Um, and there are a handful of uh, uh, colleagues of mine who work in this space also who uh, brought their families. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're reporting back on their experiences as well. And, you know, there were tears. Like, wow. <laughs> people really felt like a visceral experience wow. when you have your, you know, kid who loves Star Wars, um, kind of really, again, take on that character. Really? Imagine just, a, you know, your child who, you know, obviously deals in make-believe mm-hmm. all the time and all of a sudden they're thrust into this very real thing. Yeah. Um, and as a parent, you know, you're whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, you're immediately taken aback by, you know, how much uh, care and attention to detail there was in really immersing you. I think that's another term Disney uses quite a bit, right? They like to <laughs> immerse, immerse you in the story. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, kids enjoyed uh, everything. Nothing was also like uh, watered down for them as well. Right. So you had like first order officers, <laughs> you know, talking <laughs> to these kids and kind of a strict thing. And a lot of them were actually acting very heroic. You know, they wow. weren't scared. Um, I, there's one such colleague that comes to mind who mm-hmm. uh, who whose child uh, ended up, you know, talking down to this first order officer. Um, I love it. And uh, and I think it was really cool to, again, just see children and parents kind of 
That's awesome. Enjoying this experience together. That would be my Jamie. I have um, two, ages four and seven. I think that would be both of them. I could see them both really taking on Mm. that talking down and and really enjoying it. I'd be worried what they're going to come home with. They're already, you know, they've got a mind of their own, I'll say. It sounds like something they could really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now, for you, what was the most fun that you had in this experience? Was there a special moment for you? Yeah. I mean, there were so many. Um, I, I think mine was just, again, similar to, uh, this child that I just spoke about me leaning into and feeling like a kid again, and really like owning like a a persona. Um, so Josh obviously came in as just a tourist, (laughs) a passive tourist on this star cruiser and, uh, ended up becoming, uh, part, you know, kind of like a rebel spy and at the same time, part of the resistance. And so I had a kind of double agent thing going on. Um, but what was really cool is that I was, again, kind of teased to go through all <laughs> right. of that um, by the cast members, you right. know. Um, and so I remember I was speaking at the very top of the experience when we were doing bridge training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are invited into the Halcyon's bridge uh, where, you know, the captain is and, you know, all the ship's controls are where you can mm-hmm. jump to light speed at the pull of uh, a handle. Um, and uh, I remember someone just tapping me on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I just did describe, uh, you know, what these interactions look like, but, you know, I was tapped on a shoulder and I turn around right. and someone whispers into my ear and they go like, are you here to help us? <gasps> oh, I Kinda love deal. it. You, you know what are I mean? teased into it. Right? Really? Um, and so I found out this person was uh, one of the ship's mechanics on mm-hmm. board who happened to be part of the resistance oh. or the good guys, mm-hmm. uh, the rebellion. Um on board and uh, was teased uh, again to tell me like, hey, if you're on board, if you're if you're with us, mm-hmm. I want you to meet me here on mm-hmm. th- at this very specific part of the ship at this very specific time. And, you know, and he wow. automatically just walked away. Oh, I have chills. Right? It feels like, yeah. I mean, you have no choice. I mean, but, you do. I mean, you don't. You the, could absolutely not meet this person. But um, it feels <laughs> like, you know, are you here to help us? Right. Under that question. Right. And, and then now you're thinking, well, am I? Yeah. Am I on the good side? I or felt the exact same thing. Am I part thing. of the dark side? So you yeah. find yourself showing up at this place for this. What a cool experience. Right. Wow. I, th- I think I would really enjoy it. So, you know, I was bulking at the price. I'm like, the mm. cost. And you mentioned it before. Yes. $4,800 um, for two, for two nights. And do you think it's worth it? And I'm just thinking in terms of this experience, in terms of being able to play into the world and really be involved in it. And if I were tapped on the shoulder like that, I'd feel like I have no choice. Mm. Like, okay, I have to go along with this. I have to do. But what about for you? Did Was it worth it? Was your room, the accommodations, everything else? Uh, so I'll preface that answer by saying that we were hosted <laughs> there. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, and I was fortunate enough to not be able to, to, to pay for the experience, but just right. to experience it and, and write for it for my blog. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, well, and also for AAA. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll I get saw to that, that. later. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, again, for, for what it's worth, you look at the economics of it and you realize this is, this price mm-hmm. is basically double what you would pay for a traditional cruise. Like this experience right. is also more expensive per person, um, I believe, in comparison to going on a traditional sure. Disney cruise on an actual boat, you know? <laughs> um, and so 
again, I think that the the main points to hit on whether or not you should or should not pay this money to do this experience on the Halcyon, on Galactic Star Cruiser, is if, I think, one, you have a Star Wars, like, fandom already. Right. Um, I wouldn't say that you need it. I think that's, you know, uh, I think a little too far to say because, again, it's just utilizing Star Wars places and, you know, mm-hmm. and planets um, and things. But once you're aboard, you know, you're not going to be, like, quizzed on it. None right. of the experiences, none of the things that you're going to be invited into are going to be stuff that feels – it'll feel foreign maybe, but right. it will be not something that is going to be a big turnoff for you. Yeah. Um, so at the same time, I think, again – I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll just eat it up even more of so course. and know that that's this is again something that you've you've wanted to spend your money on. Right. Um, and then the second thing is the interactivity of it. So mm-hmm. again, leaning into everything that is afforded to you on this experience. Um, you know, I I through a handful of friends at Walt Disney Imagineering have gotten to know kind of right. the, the back end systems of how this experience actually takes place. And we won't spoil it for anyone here, but um, the the idea that you will have uh, people who uh, are going to be passive in this experience, right. I, I know for a fact that if you do that, you, abs- you will feel like you are just in this ship eating the food and and drinking the drinks and you know buying the merch and uh, and not maybe feeling as gratified as one would right. if you once you leave the ship and you go back to planet earth um and so uh yeah again not to say that if somebody wants to do that especially if they're part of a family and their family wants to do it like separately mm-hmm. like they're star wars fans and they want to lean into everything that the halcyon has to offer then great but if they are one of those folks who, you know, is like mom or dad or mm-hmm. even just a child who's like, I just want to enjoy time away and right. truly enjoy this as a vacation. Um, you can do that, too. Just know that it's not going you to be that as... money, money's worth of what this experience actually is trying to be. Yeah. You know, but when you describe that experience and I'm thinking, you know, really a real immersive two day experience like mm-hmm. that where you're living, really living in that world and living being in that world right. i think it could be priceless i mean that's amazing i honestly chills when you were talking yeah. about being tapped on that shoulder so what's on the menu then in another galaxy you talk about the food a little bit yeah um did you try anything otherworldly yeah i mean uh the the dining room the crown of corellia dining room as they mm-hmm. say on board uh is where everybody on board just like a traditional cruise ship will enjoy their meals mm-hmm. um and so there are different you know, uh, options, uh, for specific days that you're aboard. And so for breakfast, typically it's just like a buffet right. style thing. But, um, just like anything else, Star Wars, you'll get like traditional ingredients. <laughs> so you'll have eggs and you'll have bacon, but they'll usually be formed in like different shapes <laughs> and different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, with the effect of hoping to make you feel like, again, you're in this galaxy far, far away right. where you have substance and you have familiarity and mm-hmm. taste. It's just packaged differently. And so I remember, you know, you, you obviously will not find Mickey waffles on right. on this, um, but you'll find waffles that are shaped in you know, the shaped in, in, in the shape of either like a planet or what have okay. you. Um, and so you have pretty much that same theme going into lunch and dinner as well. Um, 
I think for for lunch, the one thing that I enjoyed was uh, the the grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. They 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 looked like it wasn't a traditional grilled cheese. It had like these pockets of like <laughs> balls onto oh. them, and mm-hmm. within the the spheres on this flat bread, there mm-hmm. were the cheese itself. Oh, that's interesting. So it wasn't like yeah flat. It was just like these cheese balls on top of this bread it's again i I, my apologies if this is also very difficult to describe because it's again something that just needs to be seen and i'm sure folks can look online and see what i'm talking about but that was like my favorite lunch dish and then for dinner um they had you know anything uh, they usually have like a multi-course thing Mm -hmm. for i believe the last day um and uh yeah just lots of colors. <laughs> lots of colors. I'm imagining. Um, bow greens buns. And yep, greens and oranges and, and, and all those fizzy things. things. Fizzy and... things. Um, I think the one thing that comes to mind that I recall from our meal was uh, the, and this is again, was every, it was everybody's hype online, was these, uh, these blue shrimps. Uh, yeah, so they were like a shrimp cocktail dish. But, but blue. They were blue. They're called the the uh, Felucian blue shrimp. I've got to uh, check it out. Cocktail or I've got to check it out. Yes, I'll be pulling out my phone here in a minute, <laughs> googling it. <laughs> blue shrimp. That is wild. Yeah. I mean, you know, some it's, it's so weird for me when I'm when I'm looking at a food that normally would be a certain color. You know, green eggs and ham. I think right. every kid's had it at school. They read the Dr. Seuss book and then they have the green eggs. It tastes like eggs, but I just can't get over the color. So I'm wondering about this blue shrimp and see if I, I might be able to. Won't give away the taste, but all right. uh, don't again, give it away. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, but again, that whole idea of, again, bringing you out of something that you're maybe comfortable in. Yeah. Um, it's a gentle. It's very gentle. Like if mm-hmm. you if you want, you know, something a little bit more familiar, you'll have options. Right. Disney does a good good job at making sure that again people aren't feeling left out right yeah it very inclusive yes and it and it sounds that way especially when you can be you know kind of passive and and be more of an observer or they give you the option without pressuring you Mm -hmm. i like the idea there's not a quiz either sometimes i feel like i'm just not cool enough to enjoy something like that because i go oh i'm not an expert right sure Um, but it sounds like you don't need to be to have some familiarity and then you can choose right like no I'm not with you. Right. And I can imagine this cast member sending somebody over later to say, are you with us? Yes. Right? Yes. You're catching on. Yeah. You're catching on, Mary. That's, yes, for sure. That's really cool. <laughs> now, I know beyond the play acting, there's some other entertainment. There's singing on board. This yes. sounds like it was an amazing experience. And, you know, bravo. Um, Disney's done it again, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly. Now, also at Walt Disney World now, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. I know they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. Um, and you're, you know, huge into Disney. Um, what are they doing to celebrate? Yeah, so this ex- this experience kind of opened uh, alongside the 50th anniversary, which I think was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, just like with Disneyland or any of the Disney theme parks anniversary or landmark anniversaries, they'll have special firework shows and mm-hmm. um, special food and, and dining options and entertainment uh, and shows and what have you. But uh, I think it's such a it's a great compliment, obviously, to be able to take a very, very different Disney experience and right. then kind of come back home to 
a, a very traditional quote unquote right. one where, you know, you have all of uh, the Walt Disney World theme parks. Mm-hmm. Um, each one, you know, you'll have different 50th anniversary uh, offerings uh, that people can, you know, take part in or, or not. Again, right. always choice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool compliment to see uh, those two worlds kind of coming together in a uh, to make it a full Disney, Disney experience. experience. Um, many of the people that I know who have been on the Halcyon since mm-hmm. then will often make uh, their whole vacation both of those. Okay. Uh, the, both of those uh, experiences. And so you'll have maybe um, a family or anyone mm-hmm. come into Walt Disney World three days before they're due to be on the Star Cruiser so they can yeah. enjoy, you know, Walt Disney World as as they want, as they want, to. Um, and then be thrust into this this new thing with the Star Cruiser, so and they then don't go lose home. That traditional Disney experience, absolutely. You know, you're right. I I really like Disney's California Adventure, and you know, uh, Disneyland as well. So whenever I'm going to Disneyland, I'll hop over to both. But mm-hmm. I have to have, you know, Disneyland itself, right. Um, yeah. So now what's happening at Disneyland Resort? Um, I know you're a magic, magic key holder yes. uh, and, and California Adventure. What's new and exciting for this summer um, or even beyond the summer? Yeah. So I I'm a SoCal boy, just as uh, mm-hmm. just as uh, anyone else is who probably is listening to this podcast <laughs> um, and uh, and and AAA and uh, just having the Disney parks be in our our backyard here in, in Southern California has always uh, been a been a wonderful thing and a privilege for sure. Um, but yeah, Disneyland has their own unique uh, offerings as well. Disneyland Resort, I know at Disneyland uh, right now they just debuted a new uh, Lion King themed uh, show uh, that's taking right. place in the Fantasyland Theater. Um, before that, it was a show called Mickey's Magical Map, um, and so a very live stage oriented kind of play, but. Uh, what I love about this new Lion King show, and I think we're, live entertainment at Disneyland is 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 really going, mm-hmm. is leaning into the uh, the cultures that these stories represent as well. Right. And so Lion King itself, you do have, you know, um, uh, the traditional Lion King story uh, with right. these characters, but told through uh, you know an African lens. And so you have uh, you know more music uh, that's presented in in more of that tribal uh, uh, stylings. Uh, you have storytellers. You have the traditional Swahili language, you know, wow. into uh, a lot of the songs as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was always really cool to be able mm-hmm. to see them take, you know, live entertainment to that next level where wow. they're honoring the cultures that these stories come from, which I think is super beautiful. I think so, um, too. That's and, really cool. Yes. And then uh, I think uh, insofar as returning things, that's a big thing that Disneyland uh, Resort has been uh, teasing ever since the park opened after you know the pandemic and so we have finally 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 all of the nighttime entertainment spectaculars coming mm-hmm. back ah. so at Disneyland uh, Park uh, or excuse me we'll start with Calif- Disney California Adventure okay. Park yeah. uh, World of Color is back Wow! So uh, you know the original show that debuted in, in 2010 I believe mm-hmm. um, is 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 back in full they did a full refurb on uh the 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 infrastructure of of the show um and it's bright and loud and 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 splashy just as much as ever before and then uh, at disneyland park we have uh the return of the main street electrical parade which is celebrating its 50th anniversary 
Um, I remember seeing, uh, as a quick aside, uh, as a a kid, when my my parents took me all the time and I'd be fascinated with just the blinking lights and then the extravagant floats um, in this nighttime nighttime setting. And um, it's so cool to see that, you know, they've they've brought it back and have added new floats um, with more Disney contemporary kind of IP like Coco and and what have you um, that are now part of the parade as well. So there's that. And then my personal favorite show at Disneyland, and I think the best show that Disney has ever (laughs) created, ever, Fantasmic. Oh, yes. And we're talking, you know, dragons. Yes. We're talking, you know, pirates. We're Mm -hmm. talking evil witches and fireworks and Sorcerer Mickey, right? How can you ever beat any of that? You can't beat Sorcerer Mickey. No, I mean, not at all. That's actually one of my favorites. So. Yes, Really, same. really cool. And I think, you know, Disney, a lot of pass holders and a lot of, you know, Disney fans really upset over the pandemic, you know, yeah. closing the parks down. Um, but it sounds like they've taken advantage of that time to, you know, up their entertainment, up the game and bring some things back. So that's really exciting to yeah. hear. Now, um. I know you you mentioned being a fan and you even talk about when you were a kid watching, you know, the floats and and all of the colors. Um, What makes this place so magical for you? I know you have your own website about Disney, the blog. Um, Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I certainly feel like I've had a unique view on this company, uh, Mm -hmm. Disney Examiner, my blog, because you mentioned it. We're we're pivoting. (laughs) We're not plugging here. But uh, yeah, I started that back in 2009. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you think about how much the Walt Disney Company has changed since then, um, you know, we're talking to the better part of two decades now. Right. um, uh, Or a decade, I should say. Um, It's it's been an interesting thing to to see the company kind of shift, especially given uh, their IP purchases with, Mm -hmm. you know, Lucasfilm and... And uh, and Pixar and Marvel and to see all of essentially these 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 theme parks be expressions of those brands and those right. stories and those characters, um, I I never would have thought it you know um, but at the same time as a person who is you know a fan of Star Wars because of my father mm-hmm. um, I really wasn't a big fan of Marvel at the time but uh, right. as a big fan of Kevin Feige and what he's done with Marvel Studios. Um, even with Pixar, you know, no one, it, p- the emotional core that Pixar has with all right. of their movies you're experiencing within these theme parks. And so I think that's the thing that, that powers, I think, certainly my fandom of this mm-hmm. place. Um, but, you know, to get a little bit more philosophical and going back to your point, Mary, mm-hmm. about the pandemic, like, I think there's a lot of people more than ever before who are looking for that escape, right? right. A lot of people describe Disneyland and any of the Disney theme parks as a, as a form of escapism. Where, you know, even when you think about what Walt Disney envisioned back mm-hmm. in 1955, Anaheim was a orange grove. Right. And he imagined that there would one day be this, you know, castle that he saw in France in the middle of this, in the middle of this grove. And mm-hmm. there would be a mountain that represented, you know, uh, a mountain that he saw in uh, in Switzerland. And there's going to be a roller coaster that goes through that. Right. Um, you know, as much as everybody says that, you know, Disney Disney vacations are, are pretty stressful. Um, and they can be sometimes, obviously, if you're trying to yeah. hit everything and, you know, do everything, especially given, you know, that Disney vacations are not cheap also. Right. Um, 
for speaking as a local, speaking as a person who is a magic key holder, a Southern California resident, and a person who's known Disney uh, through and through for all of these years, I found it really cool for me to be able to just look at it for what it is. And that's a place where you can literally just have fun. Just have fun, escape. Escape and and, and how, whatever escapism means to you, whether right. that means you riding an attraction mm-hmm. or eating an a, you know, a turkey leg or a churro, <laughs> you know, or um, or just simply people watching, sitting on a bench and watching people um, enjoy the theme parks or maybe argue. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what ride are we going to go on first? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like I've been there. Or you might have seen me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have planners and all that other stuff, too. Right. Um, it's just really cool to, to, to know that there are spaces mm-hmm. made for that for us to just go away for a little bit, even if it's just for a few hours and maybe do a reset with friends or without friends, with family or without family. And know that, um, yeah, when you leave that, yeah, you'll be going back into maybe a really crazy world right now, but uh, that there'll always be places and pockets where you can leave for a little bit and uh, and dream for a little bit as well. Yeah, well, that's what's really cool about it. You know, romanticizing my Disney trip a little bit. I've, I actually took uh, two visits to Disney and California Adventure this year. Um, and on one of those trips, I took my seven-year-old. Mm. And on the second trip, um, I went with a friend and my uh, then three-and-a-half-year-old. And so when I went with my son, it's just me and him, and fast passes are a thing of the past. I We were there like 13 hours, I swear. He had me there all day, and then he kept guilting me. Last time I was here, we were here for six hours, Mommy. So, of <laughs> course, I'm like, I've got to outdo that by another hour. And then he's like, oh, I want to stay for the lights, or I want to stay for the fireworks. So we just kept going on and on. But I swear, we went on like two rides. Every time I would go to get at a ride, the line was so long, he didn't want to wait. So we'd walk to another one, and right. we'd stop for, you know, more merchandise, more yes. treats. And, and um it wasn't my favorite experience. Now, the second time I went, there was, you know, I had more access. I went with a friend who knew, you know, the alternate to Fast Passes. Can right. you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we're speaking about Disneyland Resort mm-hmm. and even Walt Disney World. Um, the domestic U.S. Disney theme parks now have, you know, Genie Plus and mm-hmm. the Genie Service. And so I think that's what you were yeah. you're considering like what it what does it take for you to enjoy a, a Disney experience and right. arguably it does take someone who's knowledgeable mm-hmm. um, about the parks and what they have to offer in order for you to get the most bang for your buck um, and Disney's also bought onto that idea as well and so mm-hmm. you know I know we spoke about this earlier but um, uh, offline but uh, we have new technologies and infrastructures like apps mm-hmm. at both theme parks or both resorts um, that that basically try to help you plan your, your day. Right. Um, and so Genie and Genie Plus, which is the premium experience of that, which mm-hmm. essentially is basically certain rides and attractions um, and even shows you'll get to access for a, a, a nominal fee. Okay. Um, but uh, the core of the genie service is basically a, 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 a daily itinerary planner. And so you'll go in and open these apps. Um, it'll ask you questions, mm-hmm. you know, and do like a quick questionnaire. Like, who are your favorite characters? And um, do you like thrill well, or do you smart. not like thrill, right? 
do you have any food allergies, you know, and all the other stuff? Do you intend to stay, you know, until the fire? Would you like to see fireworks and stuff like that? And so do a quick survey of what you want to do during your visit or even before your visit. And then it'll come up with an itinerary that you can follow or not. Again, options for you, but it will essentially give you uh, uh, a quick hit of basically what they think would be the best way to spend the day at their at their theme parks. Man, Disney's gotten smart. And so very smart for our (laughs) listeners. The the key is to to download that Disney genie or get that. app. Yes. So so that you can you don't have to have a Disney expert with you. No, you are the Disney expert now with this in your hand. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully so. (laughs) Um, Just like any piece of technology, right? It it changes over time and and all that and obviously there are algorithms and stuff like that that may miss things that you mm-hmm. may want you may have wanted to try so you know obviously when you're doing any vacation you do your due diligence and you make sure that you're as knowledgeable as you are about the place that you're going to and 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 work that way but uh, this is certainly uh, an accessory and a helper to maybe some of the the plans that you might have when you do visit yeah. I also know that reservations are a thing. When I showed up, yes. I saw people being turned away at the yes. gate for not making the reservations yes. with tickets in hand. Mm-hmm. So reservations, how They're far not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. They're not going anywhere. And this goes for both uh, the pass holders uh, at Walt Disney World and Magic Key holders here at Disneyland Resort. Um, it's something that was initiated uh, when the parks reopened mm-hmm. uh, after the pandemic. Um, and those will stay. All right. Um, they uh, for the foreseeable future um, for both not only just pass holders, but also ticketed guests as well uh, or single day tickets or multi day ticket holders. Um, and I think that's a that's a smart thing on their part. Uh, you know, I think when you Manages think about absolutely when you think right. about what life at the theme parks looked like before the pandemic, mm-hmm. always crowded. Like Always. The, I think the number one complaint that a lot of guest relations folks at at at, uh, at the theme parks would often get is that, I, you know, I just couldn't do anything. Right. Um, That's the way I felt, you know, going there. I was like, oh, you can't do anything. Or right. I don't have the fast pass. Right. But really with the with the implementation of the reservation system and the genie, mm-hmm. it really does plan out the day. And I imagine the technology is so great. It's not sending everybody over to, right. you know, the same <laughs> ride to Pirates of the Caribbean at the same time. It's yes. saying, Mary, check it out after dinner yes. and go to dinner here. Yes, right? it takes all of those da- data points into mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the resort is, you know, I think the resorts, I should say, uh, are getting smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using consumer data for this, you know, very specific reason, which, you know, I mean, I'm hoping we'll continue to make the experience when you do visit any of the theme parks, uh, any of the Disney theme parks, a, a better one as opposed yeah. to one that's that's not as fun. Now, we're talking about, you know, Disney here in the U.S. Yeah. Disney all over? Yes. Are you a fan of Disney everywhere? Yes. Have you been? I have been to every Disney theme park except for two. Okay. Um. And so, yes, <laughs> I've not been to I've not been to Hong Kong uh, okay. Disneyland and I've not been to Disneyland Paris. Are they on the list of, of places to go? For the sure. List? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Once uh, once I sign off of that, I think I'm done. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? Ooh, of the ones I have visited. OK. Yes. Um, yeah, I think. Shanghai Disneyland mm. was uh was uh was a highlight for sure uh i got to go with my family i think a couple months after the grand opening 
Um, and uh, it was my first time even not out of the country, but in, in that part of the world. Um, so to go for a very Western, you know, yes. <laughs> a reason and mm-hmm. to experience it in the in country Shanghai. that it is in Shanghai, like it was, uh, it was so unique. And at the same time, it was so uh, such a familiar thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Going back to see, yeah. <laughs> I love when conversations are, are full circle. Here we go. Here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, I, this, you know, what I love about uh, the Shanghai Park and, and, and what they have to offer is that at the time, and we're talking back in 2016. Right. This has been a while. Um, that was the newest technologies that, you know, Disney and Imagineering, those who are, you know, R&D these experiences for the theme parks, um, are creating. And so, like, for instance, they have a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Mm-hmm. But it's literally the best thing I think I've ever been on because, like, <laughs> unlike our Pirates here, which, you know, I mean, not to knock it because that was one of Walt Disney's original right. attractions that he worked on. This pirates in China, you go backwards, you go quote unquote underwater. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, you get to see uh, characters from you know the newest pirates movies you know mm-hmm. uh, that they've made in the franchise, and uh, and so yeah, there's stuff like that. Um, there's unique uh, attractions like that you won't find at any other theme park. Well, that's really cool. Um, the Tron coaster. Included, mm-hmm. with the exception that it will be coming to uh, Walt Disney World in the near future. But at the time, truly, if you liked uh, Tron, the old movies, and even the new movie that came out um, a couple years ago, um, truly a, a magnificent experience as well. So, um, yeah, Shanghai was pretty cool. And then I think my second favorite um, would probably, and I, this is a this is this might switch depending on what time of day you catch me on, but uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. One of the most beautiful, I think, theme parks that Disney has ever created because you you realize so you know Disneyland you have the very mm-hmm. traditional mm-hmm. castles and attractions and stuff like this. Tokyo Disney Sea is literally taken out of like a steampunk novel. Oh, yeah. So I mean, we're going into what maybe Jules Verne envisioned with Journey to the Center of the Earth, and they have an attraction that essentially is basically that you get into you know you go into this excavation uh in this mountain and you get into this like mine car or what have you and uh you're traveling to the center of earth and you find that it's being held uh, this monster is being held captive there Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so no instances of like disney as we see it right um you'll find the characters in very specific places, but so far as the actual p- place itself, Tokyo Disney Sea is very much a standalone, very beautiful uh, adaptation of what, what of, of what I think Disney also does really well too, and that's placemaking. Right. Right, like we're, we're really creating- storytelling. Yeah, storytelling. You're obviously threading through um, different things no matter what the attraction or show you're going yeah. through. But uh, this is doing it in an all new context, yeah. in an all new place. To and your so, point, yeah. it's it's more than storytelling; it's placemaking. Placemaking, like you said, it's placemaking. Yes. Amazing! Oh, this has been such a pleasure speaking with you, Jordan. Um, finally, sure. okay, if you could give two pieces of advice for people doing Disney on a budget, mm. what would they be? <laughs> on a budget. <laughs> Ooh, oh, um, is I'm there not a way sure. to do Disney on a budget? Well, uh, absolutely. Or is it something no, no, that no, no, is no. so amazing you should save and should plan for? What do you think? Yeah, well, we're, we're thinking about Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. There 
is no way around that price okay. at all. So not that one. So I mean, you have in California. You know, I think, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe this is just what the conclusion of our conversation will probably end up being. But like, you know, there are choices. Right. Right. If you want to go and do a high-end experience, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is an experience that you can take part in with mm-hmm. you, yourself, or your, you know, your family. It, and it sounds. And it's amazing, just, right? If you can, if you can do that, if you're a fan, I mean, just based on what you're describing to me, I would say, man, do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you have the resources to do something like mm-hmm. that, go ahead. But if you are, you know, that family, and I know there are thousands of families around the world who want to be uh, want to experience what Disney has to offer then um, there are certain ways that you can go about you know saving money before during and after your you know your visits and so um, no necessarily tips or tricks uh, that I think I can share my, uh, apart from um, or one thing does come to mind uh, that I think is really interesting uh, when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was a thing that I put on my blog years ago when we first started. And uh, we focused a lot on Disneyland here right. in Southern California, my friend and I. And uh, we'd go religiously like all the time. And so as, you know, high school students who didn't have uh, that much money coming in, we but spent a lot of time at the theme parks. We were wondering how we could like just get basics right and like not spend 20 bucks on food right or spend seven dollars on a dasani water bottle right um and uh, uh i remember we wrote this yeah this this uh this tips and tricks of how to do it and not so on a budget but like disney hacks right um at the time and uh one of my favorite ones that we included in that list was uh that you can get free water at the park simply by going into some of their self-service locations mm-hmm. at, at their restaurants and just asking a cast member, hey, can I get a cup, mm-hmm. a cup of water? And uh, they would always they'd always do that. They still do that to today. So Yeah, so everybody's buying that $7 water. They no. can save that. They can save the $7. And use it on the turkey leg. And use it on the turkey leg <laughs> or use it to saving it for Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. That's right. So, um <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, lots of ways to enjoy, uh, the Disney theme parks and there's options for every budget and, and, and what have you. But, uh, I think that's the cool part about Disney is that there are different options for you and there's going to be certainly stuff that, you know, will be priced higher that will have more of a value in their eyes. Um, and I think at some point if you can do it, yeah, please, please do that. Yeah. Please go off and jump off into a galaxy far, far away and 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 see what it's like to get on a star cruiser and enjoy that. Take a take a flight if you're based here in in the United States and you've never been to an Asian country before, you know, jump onto a plane and go to Tokyo Disney Sea and see what that has to offer as well. Um but if you're needing to just enjoy a, a place to escape, if you're needing to enjoy a time where you can just uh be yourself and run away from the world for a little bit um, with your family or or not, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be the most pricey thing as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, you make a compelling case for it. <laughs> and I imagine our listeners are thinking about the magic they've experienced at Disney. I can't thank you enough. Jordan Poe Bleat at DisneyExaminer.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been it's been my pleasure for sure. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.